0: And on this week's episode of Everyday Inspirational Podcasts, we have the lovely Sarah, who is a personal development coach and also teaches behavioural changes to fitness professionals. She supports women in making changes and creating clarity, confidence and control in their lives, particularly those going back to work after a break or who are experiencing issues in the workplace. She also works with women who are preparing for or experiencing the negative effects of menopause, including anxiety and weight gain. And in this episode, you will hear Sarah's inspirational story about From Surviving to Thriving at 60. So welcome Sarah to the Everyday Inspirational podcast. Can you let the listeners know a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what you do?
1: My name is Sarah and I'm 61 and I'm from, at the moment I live in Essex um, and the reason for that will become clear, it's not my hometown or anything. And yeah, regarding my age, 61 and it's only really in the last year and a half that I've actually been confident enough to tell people how old I am. I've always held back um, because I felt people would judge me about being over 60 and, oh, you no, know, people people sort of think you're old. But actually, I realise now that I can choose to label myself however I want. So now I am somebody who is, I'm not going into an old age, I'm moving into my new age And that's kind of what my sort of business is about is going from surviving to thriving, whatever age you are, but particularly sort of 50 and over, because I think a lot of women struggle
0: around then. Yeah, that's amazing. So, would you like to share your inspirational story with our listeners today? Um, Okay,
1: it's one of those stories that there's no big trauma or huge anything that I can say, oh, this happened, and, and from then on it was awful. It was more a series of sort of little things from childhood onwards that, that kind of just squashed me down. And I ended up kind of moving away from who I was into what I thought everybody wanted me to be. And I say, start start sort of in my childhood. I was I was tell my mother I suppose I was I was a not good enough child or that's how I felt. Um obviously this is my story, not hers, but there was always pressure on me to be better, to, to do good, to be more like my sister. Um to, to not be naughty, and, and it kind of weighs you down. Also, my mum had quite strong ideas about who I should be, even to the extent of making making me have the same haircut as her. And she kept telling me I was just like her. Um, and that kind of you know, you, you it's quite a lot of pressure, really. And, and I suppose I tried really hard to be the person my mother wanted to. And we weren't a very affectionate family, physically or anything. And I think I was I was desperately Trying to be good enough to do the right thing to get, in my eyes, love, to be noticed, and I became a, a typical people pleaser, a typical love seeker. So I do whatever people wanted, just because they might like me. And it it doesn't sit with you. I think even at a young age, trying to be something you're not um, is hard. And at that sort of age, eight, nine, ten, you're almost figuring out who you are. So to have to to feel that you, you want to be someone else or you've got to be someone else to please people kind of weighs down a while. And, and at the age of eight, I developed anxiety. And of course, you don't know what anxiety is at that age. You just know that you don't feel right. You feel nervous. And it got to the point where I started pulling my hair out, even at the age of eight. And in actual fact, that went on till I was in my late 50s, probably. Um, I didn't have huge, great bald patches, but it was noticeably very, very thin. Um, and damaged and I don't know why I did it there's lots of triggers for for that but probably I just wanted to be noticed or it was a way of coping with the anxiety and I don't know if people did notice but nobody said anything and again it might be one of those things that at the time it was always least said soonest mended and you know probably written down a bit of attention seeking which it was I wanted attention I wanted to be noticed um and it really It got worse. And I think to mask it, I became a little bit loud, a little bit cheeky, um, a little bit of a a small rule breaker. Never big rules. Even now, if I see someone else breaking the rules, I get nervous. (laughs) It's one of those things. But it I kind of that didn't sit with me either. And again, the anxiety got worse. It turned into depression. And I I carried clinical depression around with me for years. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s that i actually sought help for it um and it 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 spilled over into my adulthood my friends you know i was always the one who wanted to to make everybody happy um to please people in relationships i i i almost went out with people because they noticed me and it's like oh you know i must i must go out with someone they noticed me i even you know married um people they asked me therefore they must love me so i must love them back and it was almost a it's classic people pleasing you know you end up just doing whatever you think will get you the attention will get you the love and it's so hard on your mental health it's so hard and you you cope you do things you 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 get on with with life because you have to I suppose but there's always been this complete dissonance between who I am and who I was trying to be and that Meant that I never really felt comfortable in what I was doing. I I start things and then I move on. I I start something else and then I move on from that, Um, because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. It was more what I thought people wanted me to do. And I was bullied as a child. I was bullied as an adult. I was bullied in the workplace. I was kind of squashed down a bit in relationships. And you you just you just end up squashed. You end up flattened. You end up flat and as I say, the anxiety, the depression was always there to the point where I developed social anxiety, um, wouldn't go out. I was the person that organized everything and then at the last minute I'd have a migraine or I was ill and I couldn't go. Um, And I don't think most people ever thought, oh, she's got social anxiety. It was just, oh, she's let us down again. And that starts to weigh because you feel guilty. And so you start not only getting anxiety and depression, you're carrying guilt around and then fear and everything um but through all of that i managed to create and maintain a, a very successful career in fitness um funnily enough that's the one area where i feel confident um and i i've been doing it for 30 years i'm highly regarded i've had six books published you know, very successful and I can stand in front of a group and talk about exercise and medical conditions and anatomy and physiology don't have a problem with that at all public speaking which I know is something that a lot of people hate oddly is is something I am so comfortable with so comfortable with it maybe because it's one field that I feel is really really um I know I, I can do it um and I ended up probably not surprisingly, specialising in mental health. I used to do exercise classes in um, psychiatric units and with people with a lot of mental health conditions and helped develop the first courses in exercise for people with mental health conditions. Um, And Because I really understood what it was like and how difficult it was, I think that that gave me a certain empathy with people and an understanding. Um, And, you know, I landed a job at a university. I was, at that time, I was living in Cardiff, beautiful flat loved cardiff loved my job and actually was in a really really good place really good place and then bang three years ago my mother and my daughter who each lived 300 miles away from me and um away from each other nice little triangle there, both had huge crises um my daughter had to leave um an abusive marriage, and my mother's health and her Alzheimer's deteriorated to the point where she she couldn't live on her own. And I travelled backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards for for a while, and it just clearly wasn't going to work. So I temporarily up sticks left my job, left my home, left everything behind, um, and moved to where they were. My daughter actually moved to the same village my mum lived in, and they both were there. So I came here to um support them um (laughs) innocently thought it would be temporary but it was very clear quite quickly it was going to be permanent so i sold up and moved here permanently and it's what you do it's what you do and i think a lot of women my age are between the daughters well the the children and the the parents generation with kind of a sandwich generation with care and I'll be honest, I was so angry. I cried myself to sleep on numerous occasions. I had so much resentment. I had so much anger because I didn't want to be here. This wasn't what I wanted. I'd left everything behind. Just at a point when I was starting to get to know myself as well. And, and I felt like this that for about a year. I'm really hiding it all, but it was eating away inside. Um, didn't sleep. It was awful. And it was bizarrely one day in the supermarket and I was grumbling to myself as usual. And I just suddenly thought, hang on a minute, this is my choice. I chose to move here. This might not have been as the result of something I wanted to do, but ultimately it was my decision, my responsibility, my choice. And it was. And I remember I was standing by the avocados, um, and, and I just stood there and cried and, you know, in the middle of a supermarket. And I was crying, not from being upset or anything, but just almost relief. It was like a barrier had broken and I just thought do you know it was it was a revelation it was just thinking I wasn't forced to do this I, I chose to do it and at that point I thought no do you know what this doesn't have to be something I slide into caring for everybody else and doing whatever they want I'm actually going to use this and turn it around and make it about me Um and i I got some therapy, I got some counseling, I got some coaching i got all i I literally reached out, I joined every single mini mastermind, everything going did everything, and probably over the eighteen months i I did different training that was completely out of my mind. I'm a hypnotist, I trained in um taught your therapy and you know, the tapping sort of things. I met so many different people, and i I almost dragged myself out of my comfort zone because I just thought. I don't want to slide into a life where I'm just living for other people to do what they want. I want a life that I enjoy, that I love, that makes me fulfilled, that makes me happy. And I just thought, you know, I'm not going to leave the fitness field behind. But having had so much support at at 60 to come to terms with my anxiety and to overcome my anxiety... I just thought, how many other women out there are living with this and not doing anything about it? How many other women, and men probably, are just sliding into some sort of old age without ever thinking, I can change this, I can make things different? And it isn't about you know, suddenly upping and leaving your husband, wife, whatever, but it's about saying, actually, I'm not satisfied with my life. I need to do something to shake it up, to make it, fulfilling to make it enjoyable um and I as I say I did all this training I got over my fear of flying as a part of training and I went to visit my son in the states um and when I was there because he and his wife both work um I hiked during the day I hiked in the foothills of the Rockies on my own on paths that I've never been on before that were really quite scary and I'm you know I'm not I'm somebody who doesn't like doing things out of my comfort zone. So all of this, I had lunch on my own in various restaurants there, you know, and, and I made notes and talked to people and got to know people. I made a couple of friends out there that I met for coffee. Um, and I sat in, in coffee shops, you know, working on my business and did all these things that are so out of my comfort zone. And, and it started to feel really good. It wasn't and it wasn't a question of, you know, I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. It's actually, I want to take a few steps outside it. And every time I did that, my comfort zone got bigger and bigger and bigger. And 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 actually the wall between me and my comfort zone and the outside world got lower and lower. So it was quite easy to step over it. And it, it, it was just amazing. The other thing was I, as I started to come out of my very protective shell, um, a friend of mine once described it, she said, you know, because I was complaining, I said, how come nobody ever comes and talks to me? Because you've got a big ring of go away all around you. And actually, as I started to break that down and come out of my protective shell, I noticed that I was starting to attract people who started to talk to me about their anxiety, about their problems and about, oh, you know, gosh, you're so lucky going over and doing things like that. And I wish I could. And I thought, but you can. Because believe me, if I can make these changes at 60, 61, anyone can. Because I was the biggest fraidy cat out there. I was terrified of my own shadow and of other people's. And I've done it. I'm still doing it. And I've got so many big plans. Um, As soon as we can leave the house again. I've got so many big plans for things that I want to do. And I just wish there'd been someone like me to support me to help me and to guide me and give me a little nudge every now and then when I was going through all these problems, because as I say, from eight until probably 55, 60, I had depression and anxiety to the point where it, it imprisoned me in a life I didn't love. And now I'm breaking away from that. Um, And I'm starting to live a life that is just enjoyable that I wake up every morning looking forward to the day um looking forward to making new friends to doing new things and it's well i look back at eight-year-old me and i wish i could tell her it will be all right but also that get help when you want it don't wait don't wait like me if i could have done this at 40 gosh i could have taken over the world well maybe not but it's one of those things where i think wow if i'd been able to do if i'd done this 20 years ago the things that i've missed out on would would be things that i was looking back and remembering i'd done so that's kind of all about me and as i say it's it doesn't have to be huge changes couple of simple changes in your life can really turn the way turn around the way you look at it the way you feel about it and the way you see it and that's yeah. that's kind of my story really
0: well i definitely think so many people will resonate with um, your story and um, i know i do i know that um especially um, when it comes, it's only probably in the last five years that mental health has been something that we can talk about. So, so many women um, suppressed it, didn't go and see help about it, and just lived the life and accepted that that's the way they are. So, it's a, it's amazing that you've shared um, your adversity. And can you share a little bit about? You started to tell us a little bit about what. How that's inspired you to do what you do now and how you help other people. But what is it um, that you are doing now and um, how do you help people? Now?
1: Uh, well, I work, I, I call it a personal development and anxiety coach because, for want of a better word, because it's this is what I do isn't therapy, it's not counselling, it's really, it isn't, it isn't delving into people's past. It's looking at their present and it's breaking down blocks, breaking down barriers, breaking down anxieties, understanding anxiety as well, which a lot of people don't. And taking small steps to create a really positive and fulfilling future. Um, so it's, it's about looking at yourself the way you are. It's about getting rid of the things that hold you back. Um, it's about trying things so as I say it's personal development we we talk a lot about professional development um, being a better accountant or a better fitness instructor or you know doing professional development if you're in midwifery or something but there isn't an awful lot on personal development and that's that internal confidence that sense of who you are Um, for some people it's it's becoming more assertive so being able to say actually no I don't want to do that at the moment or rather than oh yeah okay I'll do it um, for others, it's about boosting the confidence. It's about understanding anxiety, what it does and what it is, and then developing techniques to overcome it and to manage it as well. For some people, managing anxiety is the immediate goal, whereas for others, it's getting rid of it completely. I mean, to be honest, you can't ever get rid of anxiety because there will always be something in life that you worry about. But for a lot of people, understanding it helps them manage it. Um, and I think it's it's that confidence. It's it's for a lot of women, uh, uh, particularly women who are going back to work after a career break, work, everything changes so fast these days in offices that it, it can be really scary to think about going back to work. Um, so it's about actually looking at, at what they can do to boost their skills. It's looking at what skills they've gained in their time off work and how they can then use that. Um, in their job, going back to their job, it's about confidence in simply just saying to people, right well, actually, before I come back, I need this training to bring me back up to speed." So it's helping women identify what they need to live a more fulfilling life really. And often it as I say, it comes down to that personal internal sense of self quite often it's not It's not rocket science, but it's hard, harder in some ways much harder in some ways.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think you're definitely true. It's one thing that we don't get taught at school, it's something that we don't even get taught by our parents because they don't know it, but self-development and self-care and self-awareness and self-management yeah. is something that's key, especially in today's society. So I think what you do is invaluable to walk yeah. um, and especially, as you said, for a specific group that you're working with as well. Um, it's an age group where perhaps they they wouldn't even talk about how they were feeling, Never mind admit that there was something and thinking that this is where they have to settle. So I think knowing that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that there's a rainbow over, (laughs) over that you can have that there's light. So I think it's amazing what you're doing. But if there was one piece of advice that you'd give to our listeners, what would it be?
1: It's never too late to change your life. It's never too late. Uh, One of my favourite sayings is, you're never too old to change, but you're always too young not to change. Um, yeah. You're always too young to settle for what you've got. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest things. I'm in the best place of my life so far. Um, And it isn't because... I've got this, or that. It's because of who I, I am inside, yeah. and that's what I want to help other women with. It isn't about belongings, possessions, money, anything. It's about that sense of self and being confident in who you are. First time in my life, I look in the mirror and I don't, I don't look, I don't look to see 61. What I see is somebody who's coming alive, and that's, mm-hmm. that's such a good feeling such a good
0: feeling so amazing and such amazing advice as well and I just want to end by saying thank you so much Sarah for joining us this week on this episode um, of Everyday Inspiration and I'd just like to say goodbye to our listeners and thanks again thank you thank you